Golight presents Murder Most Irish. Monkeypox is not a gay disease and it is not an STD. Hi, welcome to this week's episode and everything I've just said is true. I just said the truth. I'm very annoyed about this. We'll talk about it, but whatever. Also, everyone in this house is shitting themselves. No, I'm not shitting you myself. You haven't shit yourself. I just had a finger up my bum today. I had a finger up my today. And it wasn't I got grapes. a random bout of diarrhea about 10 minutes ago and vomiting. Colin was shitting himself twice in a park. I've done 17 COVID tests. Sarah uh, had to get a finger up her arsehole today. Yeah. Things are not going well. Well, mine is just because there's blood coming out of my She's bum. pissing blood over her. Only during my period. So and the doctor strange. was like... Does anybody have that problem? Write in. Does yeah, anybody have a problem, well. ladies and people with uteri? uteri. Uh, do any of you have that problem uh, where during your period you... Uh, bleed out your bum only for like the worst biggest heaviest blood days yeah I can smell my vagina right now this is not going well we should we restart this <laughs> why? why because people are going to be like first five seconds of the episode you're talking about shit in your vagina and pissing blood well we put trigger warning then you know what whatever I don't care I'm a woman I and I care. have a body uh, my body our bodies are just killing us at this point well yeah so anyway I went to Dr. Dr. Samir yep best Woman. doctor best doctor we love her we, we love him we love Sorry. him and he was like Sarah uh, I have to check your bum and I went to him alright and he was like I can get his wife's name is Dr. Yasmin and he was like I can get Dr. Yasmin and I was like listen Dr. Smear I couldn't give a shit who shoves her finger up my arse <laughs> like this is a you problem and I was like Not this is actually problem. more of a problem for you than for me <laughs> And the way I see it is like you've probably seen, I don't know, 500,000 arseholes. So, I mean, this is just another day for you. Your first colonoscopy, friend. I have to get a colonoscopy. I actually didn't mind my colonoscopy. What I hated was drinking that stuff before I had to have the colonoscopy. Like, I sat in this bed and cried and felt sorry for myself. (laughs) I was thinking something. I was with Gar at the time. Does it taste really bad? rotten. Did you just do it with 7-Up? I did it initially, tried to drink it, and then I was like, please get me orange juice 7-Up. So I did it with orange juice. My dad did it with 7-Up and he said it was alright. It was fine. Once I could get it, but it tastes, I can't explain it. Maybe it's gotten better. Maybe the stuff is nicer. No, I wouldn't trust him. My dad can't taste anything. He's been smoking for so like I was 60 like, years. Like I kept gagging. And then when you're shitting. Yeah, my dad said it was like the inside of a radiator. It's like water coming out of you. Yeah. And then I was sitting on the toilet crying as well. <laughs> and he was like, I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like I sat in the bed and I cried for the entire time that I had to do it. And he just went into the kitchen because he's like, I can't listen to you. Because I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like in bits. So yeah, it's not fun. Colonoscopies are fine though. Becky did hers without Aunt Becky. I'm so, can I say? It? Yeah, it's fine. Becky did hers without any anaesthetic. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to yeah, get any anaesthetic. Yeah, because they said, listen, it's easier because you'll just you're got like you don't have to like stay for a while. Can I see it? Um, I don't know. Becky said she closed her eyes. So she didn't look. I like. I want to see. Oh, I would. To- I would be if if I could come in somehow to watch. Yeah. That thing up your arsehole. I would totally do it. <laughs> like not a problem. Like, I'd definitely be like. I saw the Flavia the other day. Right, this is the conversation we had. Yeah. So you were. To- I can't remember what we were talking about. We were talking about like he was like. Because I was saying, I was like, I've seen all of Sarah's body pretty much. I was, um, you haven't seen my vagina. I haven't though. seen your vagina. I don't I've think. seen my arse. Yeah, I've seen all of Sarah's body. And um, then he was like, you know, it's like when people like wash their other people's hair. And I was like, I'd wash Sarah's hair. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, I'd wash Sarah's hair. So I just think it's a bit weird. I was like, no, I would totally wash Sarah's hair. I'd wash her hair. I was like, Sarah would wash my hair. We would totally like get into a shower. Like if and you wash were very sick, hair. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd give you a bath. He's just he was so mad about it he was like really could you do that and I was like yeah but yeah I was like even when we're talking about our bodies there like and being sick and stuff you know I always like I'm, I'm giving out about my mom because I'm like she's always talking about being sick I am turning into that like in the sense that as you get older more things go wrong with you so you've got more things to say this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong yeah I suppose but do I don't know, know I mean? like I wouldn't in work and stuff I just don't want to talk about any of that 
So you know people who I don't know. Oh no, I would only talk about it with you or like Colin. Yeah, or... with you. But like in work today, I, I said to some, I was like, I have to leave. I have a doctor's appointment, and I could see them waiting for me to tell them what was wrong. No. And I was like, see you later. No. And then they messaged me to be like, I hope everything's okay. And I was like, Yeah, I there is a guy I work with who does that sometimes when I, if I'm going away or if I'm doing, he's like, Where are you going? Huh. Mind your business. Mind your business. What guard something? Someone said to me today about somebody being super vague about like why they aren't in work. And I was like, they don't have to tell you. They don't have to tell you. They do in the UK. In yeah, Ireland, you in don't. Ireland you don't. Yeah. I always do. If I'm unless it's something very personal, I'm usually like, hey Anna, blah blah blah. blah. Like I wouldn't not tell her. You know that way. Yeah, I think know? sometimes the not saying is like, and then it's like I I can't really if it was like something like. I can't really help. Yeah. Because you don't want to tell me, but I'm not going to force you to tell no. me, so... But there's people that don't. There's people that are, like, super cool and they're like, I'm not telling you... I'm, I need to be off. I'm not telling you what's wrong with me or whatever. Yeah. I'd like to be like that. Talking of sickness and my opening statements, monkeypox is um, not an STD. Uh, it is not a gay virus. It is not spread primarily by gay people. And I need everybody to know this because there was a lot of casual homophobia in my job this morning and I got what? very annoyed. Tell me. Very, very annoyed by it. Just some statements made and little hee ha 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 moments about gay people and making jokes that the straight men in my in my job if they get monkeypox, everybody knows what they're up to at the What? So just as an FYI, if you make these jokes, you're fucking disgusting. They're not funny. Um, the vast majority of these cases are being uh, found in gay men because a lot of gay men will go to the doctor when they find random lesions on their body for a specific reason, yeah. being HIV or AIDS. So that's why a lot more gay men are going. There are women and children and straight men that have gone to these clinics who have, who clinic clinicians have refused to test it, to test because they're not gay. What? So there are men, women and children in the United States and now they've, they've had to start testing them now. And especially in like certain areas in the United States that were going into these clinics showing symptoms of monkeypox who were being told it was shingles and sent home. You remember I said, I said that to yes. you yesterday. So they were not being tested for monkeypox because they were not gay men. Gay men are currently being tested and looking after themselves and getting the help that they need. The CDC should be ashamed of themselves because it's disinformation, it's inappropriate, and it's fucking dangerous. Like, the amount of shit... Like, when you go on Twitter today, if you go, if you put in monkeypox in your search bar, monkeypox gay, monkeypox groomers is what comes up. Groomers? So there was two children in the United States of America who were both diagnosed, two toddlers who were diagnosed with monkeypox yesterday, I believe. And all of the lovely alt-right people on the internet are now saying that they were being molested by gay men, so that's why they have monkeypox. What? And the CDC, of course, issued a statement saying that they've been in close contact with a gay with gay people. So therefore, that's how they got it. The gay person could have been their brother. The gay person could have been their uncle, their mother, their father. But that wasn't obviously, you know, said in the article. So when that language is used, when it's really vague language, of course, the alt-right homophobes are going to cling on to it. So now we have a new gay virus. So when gay people start being beaten up in the streets because of this, I hope you should be all fucking ashamed of yourselves. I am disgusted I was seething this morning I saw red like just make you say something of course I said something then I made it awkward and everyone was like (laughs) I didn't know what to say but I was like don't do that that's not funny this is how this shit spreads this is how you make this casual joke and then a person goes and was like oh in work they were saying only gay people get it only gay people get it what the fuck are you talking about only gay people get it it is I'll tell you I copied because it annoyed me so much today so this is how monkeypox is spread. Monkeypox does not care whether you're gay, straight, bi, trans, black, white, green, purple, or orange. The pug. <laughs> so, according to the United Kingdom's National Health Service and the US Centers for Disease Control, the best precautions you can take to avoid monkeypox. Washing your hands with soap and water regularly using an alcohol-based hand sanitizer once again. Mm. Using personal protection when uh, caring for patients who are confirmed or infected with the monkeypox virus. Also, a lot of these cases are from people who work in the health industry that are catching it. Only eating meat that has been cooked thoroughly. Do not go near wild or stray animals, including dead animals, as well as animals that look unwell. That's what gay people do daily. Do not eat or touch meat from wild animals. Once again, gay people. Do not share bedding or towels with people who are unwell and may have monkeypox. Do not have close contact with people who are unwell and may have monkeypox. So it's kind of like scabies. It's scabies and everybody can get it. It is not a gay virus. Yeah. Please, for the love of God, stop this. But the media have... I remember we we talked about this about two months ago when I said to you, RTE released an article. And I tell you, it was the most inappropriate dangerous unfathomable piece of shit I've ever read in my life where they were like it's primarily in gay people 
No, it's not. Yeah. Gay people are getting tested because when gay men especially see lesions on their bodies, they think they panic because they know what that means. Mm. That's why they're getting tested. So I need straight people to stop acting like they don't indulge in hookup culture. Well, that's the other thing. I, now, I did really say to you me. that if Graham came home with it, that I would be able to tell if he was cheating on me. Yeah. But at no point was I was like, with a man. With the man. I no. was like, just it's because like, yeah. it's primarily it's bodily like contact. bodily contact. And it can, the worst thing about it is that people... I'll chop your dick off, Graham! <laughs> the worst thing is people think it's bodily contact in the sense of like you know, riding someone. It's bodily contact in the sense of shaking hands Towels. with someone. Towels. Hugging someone. Um, using a fork or a knife after somebody's used it. And, it's and that is the thing, I have to say I'm really bad at that and I know I shouldn't be, but like in particular if I go out drinking yeah. and I get like a drink that's nice. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Me and were out and I was like, try that. Yeah, and I and never it's a even thought thing about it. To do. And then I went to him, "Don't use my straw," as if that's going to make a difference. <laughs> that's a difference. But that's the thing. It's just I'm begging you, please, if you hear anybody, because I am actually genuinely worried about him. Yeah. Like when this, when shit like this starts coming out, my immediate thought process goes to Colin. Like I'm like this, you know, it's not. This is not outlandish. It's not vague. This can happen. Yeah. So please, if you hear anybody making these statements, please correct them because this is fucking bullshit, and I do not know what the media are doing. But also, I do know what the media are doing because we know who owns the media. So. Um, the Illuminati the Illuminati but it's terrifying and it's very painful and it's a horrible thing is it painful? yeah incredibly painful I saw a guy yesterday talking about it and he said he got them in his groin and oh. inside his penis oh. and he couldn't like pee properly he was in extreme pain he couldn't How do you sleep get rid of it's antibiotics oh that's it just that's eventually worrying, goes, isn't it? but like it is not a gay disease please stop it is 2022 we have moved past this you know what is a gay disease? what? being into musicals being fabulous also they found uh, a case of polio in America so we're all yeah, everything's going great they found a case of polio in America and guess what what wasn't vaccinated no. um, but just yes please I'm begging you please please if, if you hear anybody spreading any disinformation about the fact that this is an STD it's not an STD um, also straight people need to stop acting like they're not fucking everything that moves 24 yeah. seconds as well because I don't know why you have this concept of it only being gay or queer people that are into hookup culture y'all would stick your dick in an Love exhaust Island. pipe Love please stop literally our entire straight television is literally hookup people culture. fucking each other yeah. please stop Jersey like, Shore you make me sick uh, of the whole fucking all of those terrible like even like anything that's a fucking um, what you call those terrible TV shows reality television yeah they're yeah. all hookup culture yeah. TV shows but for some reason it just seems to be that when things like this happen straight people like to convince themselves that they're they not hooking everybody or that they're not cheating on their spouses or their partners every other mm. day of the week go fuck yourself um, shout out massive love to the, our gay listeners and stuff I'm really sorry because I genuinely was on Twitter today and I was losing hope for humanity because people well, Twitter like, is a terrible place to go on but I, the thing about Twitter is and I always say this Twitter is where it starts yeah, and then no, you absolutely. see it branch off into like everyday life but like people being like oh two babies caught um, monkey pox and they were in contact with gay people surprise surprise what yeah but anyway we love you no don't, if anybody says anything any, any straight people the allies stand up and say hey how about I punch you in the tits but don't punch anybody in the tits but do if you want I don't know do if you want I don't know, what's going to happen I might go to prison I have little uh, bruises on my boobs from your dogs I was looking last night oh, <laughs> I told you shouldn't let them stand on I like love them I don't care fucking Egypt. I love them Cookie is like um, Cookie's a big dope yeah Cookie doesn't realise her size no Lucille does yeah but Cookie doesn't because you know that when they're bigger they're like yeah. Cookie just fucking flops her Cookie. today she came into the house yeah and I just said to Graham look at that dog and she had it obviously was too hot for her but she decided to flop she flopped up in the corner up against the stairs and I was like what's wrong with you and then I was like what is wrong with you and I looked at her and she couldn't get up she, because she was, was it the way, heat? she was like ah. and then I was like Cookie get up you tick everybody with dogs their poor dogs are all fucking sweating we haven't the... walked the dogs because oh, it's too hot it's too hot man like... and even today Lucille like it, she's just in the house but her and Cookie were playing and then she threw up like white foam from the heat Oh fuck! Yeah, that's really common. I watched a video of some fucking idiot with a Saint Bernard who brought their dog out in thirty-two degrees. Why heat. do people do this? Like that's why when you go to Spain, lads, people are walking their dog at eleven o'clock at night. It's not because it's not, you know it's of like any other reason than it, it's an acceptable heat to walk your dog in. And I've got three dogs that have like uh, brachial, I think it's called. So like th- their noses are flat, so like they can't 
manage in the heat like yeah. so i have to take them out late at night when i say i it's graham graham takes them out late at night and we can't even like in this weather we can't like run them like we can't i can't do, do any if i can't that. do anything this weather those poor animals covered in fur can't do anything and a really good test is if you think it's cool enough but you're not sure go out and put the back of the of your hand on the asphalt and if you can keep your hand there for more than 10 seconds then it's comfortable for your dog's pads it's feet and if you can't then it's too hot and they can't go out like dogs get burnt on there are you doing like sign language I'm doing like um, you know what they do when you're on the plane oh you're doing like the the influence. tell people what they said in the plane oh okay okay Uh, what they said so I was flying to Manchester and flight was fine I didn't throw up and you should all be very proud of me I'm very proud of her Um, and we hit turbulence and the pilot came on over the plane and was like flight crew back to seats uh, no more in flight service thanks very much Um, (laughs) and then went off and then this air hostess came on over the intercom or Tanoi or whatever you call it and she was like uh, so we've just been told by the pilot that we're going to hit some turbulence uh, I'd like to all for all of you to remo- reintroduce yourself yep. to the uh, in-flight what's that? Yeah, the in-flight uh, safety the in-flight thing. safety pamphlet um, and uh, reintroduce yourself to the emergency landing nope bye bye when I say my arsehole got about 10 yeah. times smaller than it currently like it was like whoo but I was like, what, what? And then I started to look around because I was like, what? And then the the, air, the other air hostesses start to like frantically like make sure everything nope. is packed away, which that's normal, right? But they were acting in a way where it was like, we need to sit down like as soon as possible. And then the guy sitting across from me, he was panicked. And then the guy two, two rows back from me, his plane was relatively empty. They were panicked and I was like, nope. okay, it's not me. And then the, pilot, the air hostess just sat there and looked at me and I was like, are we going to die? <laughs> Like it's it's just sorry, excuse me. Are we going to I was like, are we gonna crash? See, I probably would have said that because I would have been like, Are we gonna die? Like immediately would have just left my mind. I was like, what? And so then ten minutes in to that of me looking around and everybody started to like act normal, I was like, Okay, we're not gonna die. And then the pilot was like, and we're gonna get ready for landing now. Sarah, I have never heard that and I am grateful that I've never heard that. I said it today at work and someone said to me that they heard it before. Siobhan who was with me who's fucking what did she say 20 so she was asleep great thanks well, she's an air hostess she's a trained air hostess she doesn't give a fuck and she was like I've never heard them say that she's so funny she said when she was learning how to do um, the what's the bit where they show you what to do if there's an emergency oh, yeah she mm, said um, mm, mm. she said that her dad was like listen to her do it it was like when she's much younger she's like and they were talking about the brace for impact bit she's like and so you're just gonna put your head in between you're gonna put your head in between your legs and then her dad was like yeah and kiss your, your arse goodbye. goodbye yeah Jerry used to always say that put your head between your legs and kiss your arse goodbye um, yeah and then Jim said the weirdest thing at work Jim was like we always got told that that was like so you broke your neck on impact and you died instantly apparently that's a urban uh, legend urban legend I was like I've never heard that yeah I heard that before and then I remember Graham being like the oxygen is just to make you euphoric yeah. and I was like no it's it's not it's because you're dropping 20,000 literally you're going bang yeah I was like the oxygen changes it destabilizes I was like you could suffocate you could get the bends you know that have you ever watched that movie the one um, the guy who landed the plane in the Hudson Uh, Tom Hanks is in it yeah yeah Uh, I'm I'm terrified of flying I'm getting better Sully Sully but I'm also fascinated with watching things about flying so I watched that movie and then when they started going brace brace, brace I was like if brace, me, I just got brace. Brace. like immediately just break my own neck just break my own neck I wouldn't be able to do it brace that. brace you'd brace because like, I know I'd be saying brace and you'd be like watch it I honest to God I like, you'd be like you wouldn't care either you'd be shitting yourself I watched that everywhere. movie in Belfast and I've seen it before and I watched that movie in Belfast and when they hit the water I was like all I've seen them was like my vomit would just be yeah, floating yeah, around floating around in the like, yeah. Like, I'm very sorry. Like, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. Brace, brace, brace for impact. Brace, brace, yeah. brace for impact. I'm just yeah. like, no, can't do that. Hey, that's amazing. Like, that's a miracle. How the fuck did he do that? And then they were like, you were wrong. You could have made it back. Could have made it fully. Yeah. And then he was like, I couldn't have. And then the movie ended, and I was like, well, that was. You know, that movie was a not movie. Pointless. Like, that Pointless. movie was like, this thing happened, and then they went to this yeah. thing. And then that everybody been, that, was like, that yeah, could have right. been like a, a made for TV movie. There was no need for that to be made into yeah, a Yeah, but Tom budget. Hanks was in it. He was great. I he love Tom Hanks. Hair. Although uh, the alt-right were trying to convince people that Tom Hanks is a pedophile now. You know what? It's fine. Everything's fine. Do you want to be real mad? Go! Watch the new Louis Theroux documentary. Is it about the alt-right? Yeah. He was on Adam Buxton and he was talking about it. It's very hard to watch. Um, I don't think I can watch it. It's very hard to watch. I just kept saying, I just kept going like this scream. 
<laughs> just kept grabbing him Isn't by the neck. It's just like, because you can't control it and you can't fix it and you don't know what to do and you're like, these people actually exist. This is not a, like, But this up. is like a new fringe group of alt right now. So this group is the group that are trying to normalize oh, they're gonna like, be white like, America. Like, and oh, they're, they totally say normal. things like, we're not, we're not, we're not like white nationalists we're not like that's you're just being like you don't like it's it's literally like you don't have any other way to like they're trying to be woke and they're like we don't think that like black people and brown people shouldn't be here we just think that like when we had a white majority our country was safer and then they're like, but we're not white nationalists. Oh my god! Like are you when I say me? my, I was, I was like, it's so hard, I was like the man. teacher from Daria. That's like I, I've gotten to. I'm gonna have an aneurysm. Yeah, like even the the documentary, the Bourdain documentary, I had to turn it off. And the then the girl, there was a girl who you was like on some of their videos and was like part of their group and then yeah. they kind of turned on her yeah and one of the guys that turned on her who was this other guy's like these people have like so many people following them as well which is terrifying, terrifying. and they're all really young yeah which is even more terrifying and uh he just put up this video on the internet being like i'm gonna rape you i'm gonna rape you in the ass is what he said and he was like and people i'm like because you deserve it and he was like i my wife i've spoken to my wife i'm in a house with my wife and i'm talking about raping you because you deserve it you you stupid bitch and she was just like um and she was at charles she was at the charlesville movement you know that awful thing yeah, where they yeah, all went, yeah. went, and she's in the videos and louis through was like but did you not this is another line that they said the whole way through he was like but did you did you not hear what they were saying like yeah did you? and she was like i thought they they used the word ironic and they don't know what it means so like, i just thought they were being yeah she's like i just thought they were being ironic and then in the next sentence she was like so i left the movement because this is just pure hate this misogyny and i was like do you not understand that that's irony the irony is because you're threatened oh, by I, it i draw i'll accept racism but i draw the line of misogyny yeah because it affects me oh my god like when god. i say Anyway, it's interesting. He's done like a, I think it's a six part documentary or a series yeah. and it's about America currently. But it is very, very, the first episode was incredible. Like when I say. Yeah, I was going to watch it because he was on Adam Buxton. They are so funny together too. There. Um, I was going to watch it because it was on Adam Buxton and then I was like, you know what? <laughs> the monkey box thing is enough for me already. And then, I'm dealing with that. I watched so. the Anthony Bourdain documentary. Yeah, I started it and I got about, about 20 minutes into it and I was like, Do you know what? No. I'm alright But yeah That's the crack That's going on in the world lads Everything's a nightmare The world is a disaster We're all falling apart And now we have to worry About monkeypox um, Which I hope nobody gets I really do Because it looks incredibly painful And not a fun thing to have At all on any capacity um, Do you have any Housekeeping Sarah Jane Housekeeping yeah. I have zero housekeeping Nothing's happening Uh Thank you to everybody that's sending lovely messages in on um, the Instagrams. I'm trying to get around to answering them all. I'm so sorry. We, honest to God, me, Sarah and Colin have just been up to our fucking eyeballs, whatever's going on the last while. So um, we're very, very sorry, but we will make sure that we answer as many things as we can. Do you have anything on the in Twitter or anything like that? No, I'm saying like really sorry that we haven't like seen oh, we haven't like gotten back to anybody on messages but it's just been really really and everything's been crazy busy. it's been so busy like and then colin got sick poor colin got awful sick he was dying and um, then i was away in manchester yeah and for work um so we've been up the walls lads but we promise that we are manchester is a great city Manchester's a beautiful city mm. absolutely gorgeous. here i went to the oyster bar the Oyster Bar. Did you go there when you were there? I did not go to the Oyster Bar. It's one of Manchester's oldest bars, yes, if not the British. oldest bar. I think Colin and Craig went there. And they, um, it was to be like, it wasn't to, it, so they were trying to put like apartments in where it was. Okay. No, that's not true. In the IRA bo- bombing of 1997. 1997, baby. It was partially affected, so they moved it piece by piece and rebuilt it. That's amazing. Yeah, it's very cool. But what I will say is, it's very cool, and the drink is really cheap, but they only have, like, Samuel Adams drinks or something like that. Beer? No, like, it's, like, a name... It's a brand, but it's, like, cheap alcohol. Oh, okay. And I'll tell you what, because, obviously, it's such an old building. It's, like, a Tudor building. The toilets were, like, a second thought. Oh, really? They're, like, prison toilets. You know those metal toilets? Yeah, 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 It's a prison toilet. Um, And the one behind the bar was... It was, like, going to one of those Karen restaurants oh no yeah she was like she couldn't give a fuck she and an they had a thing on the bar where they were like no no mobile phones fuck off <laughs> they were like That's no mobile phones and oh off. they have a no swearing policy in a pub 
They were like, no swearing or we'll make you leave. And they didn't take cards. What? Yeah, it was cash only. And I was like rammed. It was super busy. This I was is, like, uh, hipster nonsense. It's not hipster, but because the place is full of uh, out and out down, like loads of. Proper I would say, I was saying to Dan who I was with, I was saying that they got up one day and went to go to their pub and their pub had moved. Like, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, they were like, where's their pub gone? Um, That's cool though that they moved it like. Yeah, yeah, it's actually very cool. Manchester's a really cool Manchester's city. Manchester's a beautiful city. I went Axe Throne as well. <gasps> I was terrible. Oh, you were good in Las Vegas. When I know, it was that. really terrible this time. Yeah, you were really good in Las Vegas. You're better than Graham, I think. Um, Hear that, Graham? She's yeah, better than you. I was better than you. I loads of things. And store- taking a finger off the bum. Who's going first? Me or you? Uh, I'll go first. Attention, feminists! Murder Most Irish merchandise available now from teespring.com. Plain, boring old tea's getting you down? Hey, buddy, does your honey scream funny, duddy? Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com. Don't be a mug? Buy one of ours. Like to steal things? Conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask. Be the swingingest crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes. Murder most Irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs. Teespring.com is a third-party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com. This week, I'm going to do the story of Kellyanne Corcoran. Well, I'm going to lie in the bed. Colin, don't give out to me because it's not my story. I'm getting told a story. Kellyanne and Dermot arrived for their family holiday on the 11th of February 2000. Mark and Paul, aged three and two, excitedly checked into their hotel and got settled in at their fourth floor hotel room in the Melia Don Pepe. Amelia Don Pepe. I tell you what, you must try this catchy Pepe. <laughs> catchy Pepe. At the milk at the Pepe. Milkete. At the milkete. At the if you haven't seen that TikTok video, it's very funny. Acquaint yourself with it. Anyway, they checked, settled into their fourth floor hotel room in the Melia Don Pepe Hotel in Marbella, in Spain. Kellyanne's life had been taken over by her domineering husband. Oh, no. Her friends and family had revealed how she wasn't allowed to associate with them after she wed and how McArdle would use violence to make sure she didn't. She did what she was told. One of his former colleagues at the novel in Dundalk said Kellyanne never seemed to have a life outside of her home. And he added that she was very popular in work but never got to see her outside of work. Once work was finished, she had to go straight home. That was the way he wanted it and it made it very difficult for her to make new friends. For fuck's sake. Kellyanne Corcoran lived a life of misery with her violent husband, Dermot McArdle. Dermot controlled his wife's unhappy life, refusing to allow her access to her own phone or a car so he would have to like know where she was at all times and he controlled all of that. Um... There was a history of violent scenes with Dermot, reportedly seen by friends and family at different times. He was seen punching his wife and dragging her by the hair on multiple occasions. His I'm so, hold on a second. Did no one fucking stand in when this was happening? I, d- I can't get a massive amount of information. For fuck's um, sake. It's almost as if when what happened happened, people were like, oh yeah, this happened too. So it was like when the really bad thing happened, they were like, oh yeah, all this other stuff. Yeah, happened. and like... There was no cut, like, and I can't find anything about her life previous. Oh, this is so fucking sad, dude. Um, so I can't find, like, where she was in school or anything like that. So, like, this is a brief story, but it's an important story. Um, but, um, so as said, he lived, she lived a life of misery. His friend, Kevin McKevitt, said his friend was controlling and aggressive, saying the marriage was normal as long as Dermot got what he wanted and Kellyanne did not step out of line. So his friend said this? Yeah. Jesus. Kellyanne fell from her fourth floor balcony on the same day she arrived. So on the day they arrived in her hotel, she fell from the balcony and died. What the fuck? Kellyanne Corcoran died from her injuries two days after falling from the fourth floor of the Melia Don Pepe Hotel. I will say there's some reports that say that she died instantly, but then there's reports saying that she was on the life support machine. And her two kids were there. Her two kids were there. One of her kids was on the balcony. She'd been on a life support machine. She was 29 years old and she died from the injuries two days after she'd fell. 
Dermot was not suspected of any wrongdoing at first and Spanish detectives had closed the case in 2000 because they did not suspect any foul play in the death of the mother of two. However, discrepancies encountered in the investigation and the pressure from her family led the authorities to re-examine the circumstances surrounding the death. Instead of grieving, he acted like he was at a wedding while mourners gathered to pay their last respects at Callianne's wake. He spent just six months at his wife's side before departing uh, sorry he spent just six minutes at his wife's side before departing in a chauffeur driven led uh, vehicle that was paid for by his boss at the time his violent temper even reared its head when Kellyanne's sister Caroline went to put her hand on the dead woman's forehead as she lay in the coffin and he said Dermot she said Dermot came over and he said get your fucking hand off her forehead in front of people okay this guy's a fucking piece of shit when McArdle returned from Spain and showed no sign of grief at the loss of his wife, um, people started to get like, really like, Suspicious. what's going on here? He treated the funeral like it was a wedding. He enjoyed the attention. He would go out, he would go out every night with different girls and he thought it was all great fun. He had a two-year-old and a three-year-old, by the way. I hate this man. Uh, it also was revealed that McArdle had convictions for assaulting a taxi driver in the year prior to the tragedy. So he he had like been in a taxi driver and it was like a f- an altercation where he uh, had Punched somebody, but he was convicted for the assault, so he was found guilty. Oh. And he also had been seen punching his own father in like violent outbursts in like pubs and stuff. So this like guy's this fucking insane. This guy's like super violent. Um, within days of returning from Spain, McArdle was frequenting local bars and trying it on with girls he could find. He had a string of romances and lapped up the attention lavished on him by people who thought he was still with his grieving, still grieving his wife. Oh my god! The Corcoran family soon realised something was wrong, and a bitter feud erupted. This came to a head when a nephew of McArdle accused him of assaulting him during a football match. So he's accused of assaulting a fourteen-year-old. The 14-year-old claimed McArdle shouldered him in the back, knocked him to the ground. And this went to court. Like, this went to, like... So this was his 14-year-old nephew? Yeah, on Kellyanne's side. And what the fuck was going there on? was, like, an argument at a football match and he, like, assaulted, assaulted him. Assaulted him. Uh, McArdle was acquitted on that occasion, but the bitterness between the families continued. The case was reopened in, t- in 2008. So eight years after, it's now reopened by the Spanish police and he now has to go back to the Costa del Sol in, in Malaga. And was this opened because her family were like, hey, or did they kind of find something else? They found something, they found else. something else. Okay. So he didn't, McArdle, he's from Dundalk, County Louth. He's from Haggardstown. Denies murdering his wife and claims she accidentally fell over the balcony of their fourth floor room at the Melia Don Pepe as she rushed to stop their son toppling over a low handrail on the night of her death the couple had had dinner and several drinks and Kellyanne was angry after McArdle had been seen speaking with another woman McArdle claimed his wife had died after she saw her son on the balcony and ran to grab him tripped and fell over the railing he said he had managed to grab her arm but was unable to hold her and McArdle said in evidence that that this was his version of the truth that this is what did happen yeah in Spanish court, McArdle tried to paint a glowing picture of his married life, but the Corcorans and the family friends described McArdle as a man obsessed with control, who would use violence to get what he wanted. They described a set above seeing him punching his wife and dragging her by the hair on various occasions. Uh, Ken McAvitt, who I said up above, said that he was on holidays with them. So he was on holidays with McArdle and Kellyanne when she died. And he described that his former friend was a hardworking and thoughtful, but a bit aggressive and controlling. He added that the marriage was normal as long as Kellyanne did what Dermot told, Dermot wanted and what Dermot was told. But he said that when they returned from Spain that their friendship ended because McArdle returned from Spain and showed no sign of, gr- of any grief Angry. at the loss of his wife. Mr. McEvitt said he treated the funeral like a wedding. He enjoyed the attention. He would go out every night with different girls. He thought that was great fun. You would never have thought he had just lost his wife. Within days of returning from Spain, McArdle was frequenting local bars. He was trying it on with any younger woman in a bar he could get his hands on. And he had a string of intimate relationships um, with multiple women from the local town. And also, if you're a a dude and you're... 
friend, your male friend, is saying this about you. Yeah. You've got to understand instead of... Yeah, this has gotten to a point now, because most men will excuse their friend's bullshit. Yeah. Like, this has gotten to a point where the person is like, okay, I can't excuse this any longer. Like... Yeah. McArdle brushed this aside and said to the observations at trial that people grieve in different ways. It was also revealed by Ken that McArdle had a conviction. So he was there when he got into that fight with that taxi driver yeah. um, in the years prior to the tragedy. And that he had also seen him punch his own father as well. So he was he'd witnessed like a sake. number of times where he'd been violent. Kellyanne's family and friends were shocked at how little he cared the mother of his two children was dead. Instead of grieving, he acted again like it was Nothing a great was big wrong. party which we've heard before right like oh it's happened loads of times and that's how they always get caught because they don't know how to act properly after somebody's passed away because they're fucking sociopaths so um he said he spent just six minutes at his wife's side before departing his violent temper even reared his head with Caroline like I said um and he did that just publicly she said McArdle's attitude after his wife after his wife's death, she said, I never saw him cry. He showed no emotions, no feelings and no love towards Kellyanne. Kellyanne's dad, dad Ted Corcoran, revealed how her son, Mark and Paul, who are now aged 11 and 10 during the trial, oh, were gosh. even turned against her family by McArdle. In 2006, their solicitor wrote to McArdle saying that they didn't seek, they didn't seek access to the children anymore. So he like remo- removed their access so they weren't to their grandchildren? Like, no. Oh, As the boys got older, they were poisoned against us. We thought it was better not to have the kids. It wasn't fair on them. Hopefully someday we can have a relationship with them. Detective Sergeant Brian Mohan, a detective at Dundalk Guard Station at the time of Miss Corcoran's death, told the judge and jury that her brother-in-law had confided in him that the couple's young son had said his mother had been pushed by daddy. Oh shit, I forgot the kid was on the balcony with her. Yeah. Several witnesses, including Kellyanne's sister, Caroline Moran, say Mark told them after Miss Corcoran died, Daddy bowled, Daddy hit mummy, Daddy pushed mummy down. Oh fuck me, that poor kid. On the third day of the trial, Dermot and Kellyanne's son was called as a defence witness and he began answering questions from his father's lawyer, Louis Cosabon. Judge Fernando Gonzalez ordered the press and the public out at 11.30am so the youngster could take the witness stand alongside a female interpreter. The trial was suspended temporarily after young Mark collapsed while giving evidence. He's only 11. This poor child, what the fuck, man? He passed out as he was quizzed about the night of his mother's death. Paramedics raced to the courtroom to treat the youngster. Aged just three at the time of the tragedy, they spent nearly 15 minutes examining him before giving him the all clear. Miss Corcoran's brother-in-law burst into tears when he was informed the youngster had fainted due to stress. (sighs) The boy's paternal grandfather, Dermot McArdle Sr., was ushered into the courtroom seconds later before emerging after half an hour to tell his worried wife, Bridge, he's okay. State prosecutor Carlos Yanis later requested that the judge declare the boy's partial evidence null and void and Mr. McArdle's lawyer told the court at the resumption of the public hearing, I profoundly regret what happened, especially for that young boy and what he's suffering. Spanish police noted that when interviewed shortly after the death of his wife, Mr. McArdle's reaction was not consistent with, consistent with that of a grieving husband and father. When asked in court about a possible financial motive for killing his wife, McArdle had earlier said he claimed as an insurance policy shortly after her death, but insists the policy covered the mortgage repayments only. McArdle had claimed Kellyanne saw her son on the balcony and went to grab him before tripping and falling over the railing, but he said he grabbed her arm but was unable to hold her and said in his evidence, we are Catholics and we would not lie. (laughs) What the fuck? What a defence. Piss off, you twat. The court heard that McCardle had been violent and abusive towards his wife in the past, but it was denied in evidence by McCardle's sister, responding to earlier court claims by Mrs. Corcoran's family that Mr. McCardle was violent towards his wife. She said, he's not violent or aggressive or domineering as far as I know. Well, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, that's great. Kellyanne never said anything about my brother physically abusing her. Why would she? Uh, most abused women don't, mm. ma'am. Like, that's usually what happens. Like, Therese, Teresa McArdle said under oath that her brother told Ted Corcoran on the day after Miss Corcoran's fall that she went over the balcony by accident as she ran to stop her son falling over the edge following several drinks and a row. So they had been rowing. They had been rowing. 
Mr. Miss Corcoran's dad claimed on the day that on the day two that Mr. McArdle had told him his daughter committed suicide. So he told him something completely different. This better have a good ending. I'm going to murder you. Miss McArdle also said Mr. McArdle told her and Mr. Corcoran that the couple had rowed before her fall and that Mark had ran off the balcony as he tried to persuade his wife to get an early night's sleep instead of continuing to drink. Two gasps from the dead woman's sister behind her. She said, Mr. Corcoran just kept saying, son, I know, I know what she was like with drink on her. So he kept saying that to the fuck is wrong with this piece of shit um more character witnesses were called to paint a picture of dermot mccardle as a good husband mario fornancia described him as a close friend of mr mccardle told the court as far as i was concerned he was a loving husband a fantastic father and he would always put his wife first under cross-examination he admitted he had lived in london for the entire nine years that mr mccardle and his wife had dated excellent before marrying in 1995 Asked how long they had been going out before they got married, he replied, it was three or four years at least, but not, but I'm not sure. When asked when they married, he replied, I'm not sure again, I'm not good with dates. <laughs> Holidaymaker Roy Haynes told the jury on the opening day of the trial that he had ordered Mr. McArdle to put Miss Corcoran down after seeing him lifting her above his head moments before she fell. Bro. Both Juan Bartolio, that then hotel manager of Melia Don Pepe, said Mr. Haynes simply told him he had seen Mr. McArdle holding on to the mum of two as she hung from the balcony. When he interpreted for police after the tragedy, he said, if he said put her down, I don't remember that. So he was like, I don't remember saying that. The court heard pathology evidence the body had no bruises. Louis Palamo, who carried out the post-mortem examination on Miss Corcoran, said she had died from a brain hemorrhage and her injuries included broken leg and several broken foot bones. Oh, she fell straight, she fell down. straight down. He told the court all the injuries were attributed to the fall from 12 to 15 metres. Spanish police staged a reconstruction of the possible events in the hotel room and claimed Kellyanne could not have died in the fashion Mr. McArdle claimed. McArdle was found guilty of killing his wife and sentenced to two years in prison. I'm, so, I'm sorry? Yep. McArdle was found guilty of killing his wife and sentenced to two years in prison. He was also ordered to pay €220,000 in compensation to his sons and his ex-in-laws. Spanish police fought for eight years to secure his conviction for manslaughter and he was given a two-year sentence behind bars, serving his time in prison in Madrid after being transferred from Al Haran jail near Malaga. Dermot McArdle's trial over the death of his wife Kellyanne Corcoran was the third occasion he had been before the courts for alleged acts of violence. He was also tried for an attack on a taxi driver for which he was convicted, an alleged assault on an alleged assault on a teenage relative of Kellyanne, Kellyanne of which he was cleared. A familiar pattern emerged each time he was charged. He would strenuously deny any wrongdoing in court and claim in each incident occurred accidentally despite evidence to the contrary from other witnesses several people who had dealings with mr mccardle described him as a stubborn and difficult man other common complaints were that he was often arrogant and confrontational the sights of him socializing in bars and nightclubs of native dundalk within weeks of kellyanne's death rubbed a lot of people the wrong way especially her family another group of people he upset were taxi drivers with a firm with a firm contracted to drive employees of Larry Goodman's Silvercrest Foods, where McArdle worked. Several made complaints about his behaviour and some even refused to have them in his cabs. One of these taxi drivers was punched in the face by a drunken McArdle after being picked up at North Dublin nightclub in September of 1998. McArdle was convicted for the assault, the assault at the Dublin District Court and later he was fined £250. His victim told how he had just dropped McArdle and two other men off at a hotel near Dublin Airport when the assault occurred. I had driven him a few times before. Once he had drink on him, he was a nasty piece of work, said the taxi driver. He had two clients in the car with him that night and he was showing off to them. He was loud, boisterous and abusive. 
he told me I owed him money from a bet but I told him he had mistaken me for another ta- another taxi man when we reached the hotel he told the two guys that he would fix me up he paid me and I was in the process of giving him a receipt when he hit me two punches square in the face what the fuck McArdle had to be dragged off his victim by his companions and was arrested later that night and charged with assault. Just as he did in the case of his wife's death, he told the court it was an accident. He claimed he had caught the driver in the face after falling up against the window of his car. But the judge didn't believe his story, ironically. The taxi driver dropped a civil action because he felt sorry for McArdle after the death of his wife. I hate this motherfucker! I hate him so much! Mm Mm-hmm. McArdle was again charged with assault of a teenage relative, which we spoke about above. The teenager claimed he'd been shoulder-charged in the back and verbally abused by McArdle. His evidence was collaborated by Kellyanne's father, Ted Corcoran. McArdle's version of events was wildly different. He claimed he was bending over to pick up a ball when the teenager collided with him. In the end, the case was dismissed because the judge was not convinced an offence had occurred. This is insane, Sarah Jane. Dermot McArdle, now 53, has recently tied the knot for a second time at a ceremony. Everything's going great. There was tense scenes outside the church (sighs) as pals of the convicted killer confronted photographers shortly after McArdle said till death do his part. The dad of now four walked down the aisle with his young bride, who is the mother of his two youngest children at St. Fiercy's Church in Dundalk. Girl. It gets worse. The pair celebrated their nuptials at the nearby Fairway Hotel, just five minutes from the church in County Louth. A source told the Irish Sunday Mirror his bride has never been married before. She wanted a church wedding. She wanted the white dress. They tried to keep the whole thing hush-hush because he didn't want getting out to the media. It was all planned quietly, but she was delighted as she'd been looking forward to marrying him. There is a bit of an age gap between them and they got married less than 20 metres away from the burial ground of that woman that he murdered. Is he dead now? No. I can't. What is what is this man? And that is the end of the story. Someone married him. And he has paid no money back. No, of course he hasn't. He's paid on average about 200 euro a year to the family like, and to his he son. Hasn't. Because they go, you have to pay 220,000. He's like, I can't. And they're like, okay, pay 15 euro every seven months. Yeah. So he's paid no compensation. He did less than, uh, he did two years in prison in Spain. He, like he was convicted of like murder what do you do with that what do you do with this and now he's just wandering around and that poor girl's probably going to be dead in about two years as well uh, he's wandering around Dundalk having a great time have I bummed you out enough it's not even I can't, I don't get it I don't understand this because what what I can't, but somebody married him somebody married him and had more babies with him yeah I hate everything Look, I actually hate everything. I can't deal with human beings anymore. I can't deal with humanity. Like, that poor woman. Yeah. Not only was she being abused, horrifically abused, also, uh, family members and friends who stand by and watch their a person in their lives being abused are pieces of shit. And I'm sorry if that, because we had that as well growing up. And family members stood around and watched that happen to us. So fuck you, first and foremost. Second of all, she spent her entire marriage being abused and then he fucks her off a balcony. Throws her off a balcony. When her child is watching. Yep. And then blames her, says it was the child's fault. I hate that. I hate him. Ugh. I'm just going to go to bed. I don't do anything anymore. Fuck you, Sarah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, guys. Oh, I don't know, man. What do you do? That's... That... You can't do anything. You can't do anything with that. Like, he is perfectly happy being that. Yeah, no, no, he's... He wakes up every morning and he thinks, there is nothing wrong, wrong with, with me. me. And then you have people in the world... That That's wake... how I wake up every day. <laughs> but then you have people who wake up in the, in the every morning and condemn themselves and hate themselves and think everything they do is wrong when they're decent, good people. Yeah. And then you have that fucking ugly bastard. I don't even care what he looks like. I know he's ugly. Waking up every morning and just being like, everything I've done is great and anything bad was an accident accident I accidentally fell and punched a taxi driver in the face two times like and people and I do you know what's really fucked up is I'm sure there are people that believe that yeah yeah or even if they don't believe it they just excuse it because it's just it's just him yeah it's just who he is that man threw his wife over a balcony while their three year old son watched it yeah and then his poor son collapsed from the stress yeah 
Because haven't... obviously he was reliving, reliving his trauma. But obviously he was like, I don't want to send my dad to prison. Like imagine the... the... His, dad, by the his kids lived to him. Like, that's his imagine kids the confusion weren't taken of being like, that's my dad. And also I know he killed my mum, but I can't send him to prison because he's my dad. Mm-hmm. You got... So you gotta have friends. I'm just oh, having a good time. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> that was a sad story and that was awful. But that's what a, I did want to say. That's an anger-inducing story. That's super anger-inducing. What I did want to say is, Emma's right. If you know somebody that is going through any form of those signs of abuse. abuse please, if it's coercive control. If it's not physical abuse. If it's mental abuse. I was in Liffey Valley with Graham. Uh, actually, before we were about to, we were due to record and then... Uh, Collie got COVID So we didn't Oh yeah 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 And I witnessed a woman Who was 110% Being abused by her host By her partner Like I mean 110% And I literally was like Who on earth Does that man think He is talking to Was he being really horrible to Was her? he being horrible to her They were just walking Through Life Valley And he I can't remember The exact reason But I remember being like Super like Minuscule Like I think she was like Hold my ice cream Yeah 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 And he was like like, I'm not Lost. holding your fucking ice cream. And then he called her, like, he called her the most terrible names. He was like, you stupid, ugly fucking cunt. And I was like... Okay. I stopped in my tracks and I turned around and I looked and I was like, are you having a fucking laugh? Like, I just... I, I said to Grant, and I said it really loudly so they heard. I was like, God. that woman is in an abusive relationship. That's abuse. That is If someone abuse. spoke to me that yeah, way... if somebody speaks to you like that... I- and makes you feel and then he was like look at you the state of you is what he said to oh her. I'd love to punch him in the and I turned face. around and I was like this motherfucker slider wearing fucking t- like oh. tom of a human being I and I, I literally like so loud I was like that woman is in an abusive that's abuse Greg. that is abuse that is abuse if you were constantly degrading your partner verbally if it's not verbally if it's not physically if it's anything else it's abuse have you seen that Australian ad I saw it this morning it really fucked me up no Have you seen it? It's an, uh, an Australian ad That uh, the government put out About domestic abuse So the ad starts It's like a kids TV show Yeah So it's all really colourful And there's a girl And she's wearing like Really cute um, dungarees And she's talking to what You presume is a kid on the ground And she's like Baked cake She's like I baked a chocolate cake And she puts it on the table And then there's a ringing on the door And then it's the dad And she's like daddy And he's like mummy And they hug And give each other a kiss And then she picks up the cake And puts it over And knocks a cup over And then he goes Hey be careful And she's like Oh it's just a cup But daddy's just being silly to the baby And he like grabs her by the throat And he's like Pick it up and it just fades to back and she's like, okay. And it just turns. And I watched it this morning and I was like, because mm. that is literally what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's that like, is, it's that immediate kind of, I do not know how to deal with my own bullshit. So I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Because I don't know how to do this because I'm hurting. I'm going to make you hurt. Yeah. And it was just shocking. Like I, I was like, after I watched it, I was like, oh, we shouldn't watch that. Yeah. But that's what it is. And people... I think a lot of people that's like, growing up I always thought abuse was one thing but it's not man no abuse it's is not so many things like, there's so many different things it's like, financial like, control it's emotional control it's physical like it's so many things like, yeah um, shout out to AIB for backtracking and closing those 70 branches did you hear about that well what a fucking first they were like <laughs> Like we support Just go to the post office That's what they told people Like we support women Yeah Who, like, who are being financially controlled By their partners Except for these 70 branches Except for uh, these 70 just branches Just go to the post office Just go to the post office They had to backtrack They they backtrack so quickly I also would just like to point out That the government owns 63% of AIB The government bailed out AIB And they own the majority shareholder In one of our national banks And that national bank Who charge one of the highest Insane rates uh, Variable interest rate um, And the highest variable mortgage rate Is owned by our Our government government, And they felt that they were perfect It was perfectly within their right to be like, do you know what we're going to do? Close we're going to stop. And let, let's not even talk about like the women who are being abused and can't get act, like who are being financially controlled. Yep. Let's talk about old age pensioners. Rural areas. Who do not have access yeah. to fucking Revolut because yeah. they're 80 years of age. And why would they? Yep. Who are the only way they interact with human beings is by going, going to, to the pay bank. their bills and going to the yep. bank and take money out and speaking to yep. tellers. Like, let's talk about that. But let's also talk about the, what is the 70 bank? 70 branches. The 70 branches that you're going to make 
those staff were redundant. But yet your profits were in the hundreds of millions last year. And 63% of your bank is owned by the Irish government, which was bailed out by the Irish people. Yep. Like we pay higher taxes so that our banks didn't collapse. It's insane. Like it's absolutely insane. Fundamentally criminal. Morally criminal. It's corrupt. Like it's beyond corruption at this point. But like, and I know I'm going to sound like such a fucking conspiracy terrorist. No. I love conspiracy terrorists. The, mirror, the, the media in this country don't seem to want to talk about that. They want to talk about the lad on the corner wearing a tracksuit. Oh, one thousand They want to talk about the lad who's scrounging on the door. Yeah, they'll be like, oh. They want to talk about the single mothers who are just collecting, like they actually have partners. Yeah. AIB. 63% owned by the government yep. and they're like, you know, we're just going to shut down all the branches. And not only that, shut down branches in rural areas where people don't have, have the same access. access as city areas like, and then try to justify it by saying, go to the post, post office. office. I, I genuinely, when I read that, I was like, holy fuck, are you kidding me? Yep. Like they're already closing the Ulster Bank branches. Like our local post office is gone where I live. So in Legan, there's no post office. And there's only one ATM down the road yeah, in Ballyfermot. There because, is no AIB. There's no Bank of Ireland and there's no permanent... The permanent TSP. They don't care about rural areas and they don't care about low income areas. And when I tell you the other thing is like, if you live in a low income area and you live in social housing, cash is king on Ballyfermot. King. You cannot... Most places you go to, they're like, we don't take cards. We don't take cards. And do you know why they don't take cards? There's a fundamental, like the first in... The first taught because... And unfortunately, again, I'm going to sound like a conspiracy now because you're brought up to think that all of these people are criminals. But realistically, they're small businesses that cannot afford afford the charges to have a pinpoint or a pin payment in their their business. Because it's serious money. It's fucking serious money. it is serious money. So like how they afford their business, it's they take cash and they use Brinks and they use GSLS and they transport cash that way. Like that is, that right there, removing that ability in a a social like area, in a low income area is literally literally like you're, you're just trapping people yeah, in that cycle of yeah. death and like that's the thing it's like when you think about it even where i live where my mum lives most people pay with cash yeah it's not because you go down to my local shop and they'd be like oh the car machine's not working the internet's not working yeah because we're in the middle of fucking nowhere and because there's no and no standards put in place for like wi-fi so then you don't get proper no car machines we don't have an atm machine where my mum oh. lives there's no banks the nearest bank i believe is longford i think is it or ballyman is the nearest bank there's only one bank there it's bank of ireland there's no aib there's nothing else so it's like you're not you, you're literally taking away every Thing that a person needs to function in modern society and people were like oh we're going cashless anyway no we're not shut up people need money mm. like whenever we go anywhere in Ballyfermot it's like no card no no card so you have to get cash like, and then there's one bank machine that is never working that is always out of order yeah. anyway we are very, I'm very mad today and I feel like we're mad too well I am mad and I am in mad but like <laughs> the simple thing is is that like there are structures that are like society societal just put up to stop areas like Ballyferma yeah. and areas like Longford yeah. and areas they like Legan where it's like oh well like the rest of the world just has to move on well invest in the infrastructure so I can move on literally give me the tools to move yeah. on you were not me, giving me the tools you give me the tools and also if you want like if you want to support local businesses support grants that make their bank fi- fares and yeah. fines less like that it is to the amount of money they're putting in but it's not it's like for every card payment the bank gets a percent of that yeah. and that is the other thing sometimes when you get those shops like those local news agents that are like now don't get me wrong some of them are absolutely ripping you off where they charge 50 cent oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're charging money because, because they, they can't have to afford pay the bank for the card machine thing, like yeah. and that is the simple fact of it and it always makes you laugh because there is and I know we always say whenever we go anywhere that it's criminal it's the front <laughs> but like it's not always there that's is not true there is stuff but it's 100%. not every business it's not but like, um, yeah, so we do, I know we say that and we joke, but then we'll go get tattooed by people and they don't take cards. No. And that's never criticised. No. People are like, yeah, I just pay the tattoo artist yeah. by cash. Yeah, for the same reason that these people want cash because they do not want to pay for uh, cash or card points. That's yeah. what it is like. Anyway, listen, uh, burn down the banks. Uh, uh, what else? Fuck the establishment. Yeah, burn it all down, lads. Hey, Gab. We're going to go live in a forest. Hey, Gab. Hey, Gab. Hey, Gab. Hey, Gab. Is that everything? Because we have to do a second episode. <laughs> we have to do a second episode. But we're going to pretend we're, we're not. To, well, I've got another story for it. Well, not like a story story. I just have a story to okay, tell good. on the second episode. We're going to pretend that, that uh, yeah, we're not recording. This is like Graham Norton. 
this isn't Saturday. No, this, this isn't is Tuesday, Tuesday night. No, no, no. Heard, you know what? If you really want to bum yourself out, watch the Anthony Bourdain uh, documentary. If you really want to make yourself happy, watch Oscar Isaac. No, in oh, anything he's in. I feel like that man does particu- gross stuff. You know, yeah, well, I'd let him do gross stuff to me. I let a doctor stick his bo- <laughs> finger up my bum today. Mm. Sarah did. A love. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand um, why people hate this podcast and on that note I'd just like to say to all of the PXT team that now listen to this podcast hello and welcome <laughs> uh, let's talk about the foot C500 I didn't do anything <laughs> I'm sorry Dr. Smear <laughs> we're sorry I'll say goodbye bye happy bye. Christmas I'll get Colin Colin ah oh, Jesus Colin Emma's only after been on to the people on the Patreon asking them for weird buddy pictures. Weird what are we gonna do? Oh, just leave her at it. Pustle spots and swollen holes, amputated toes, burgers from my nose, it's Emma's weird fetish. Nothing gross is out of bounds, balls and scabbing mounds, bloody tissue, bad breath. Weird fetish. Harry Watson, little hands, picks of rotten spots and infected cuts. It's Emma's weird fetish. Harry Watson, little hands, hairy little hands, hairy little little hands. With the earwax, it's sick of peel. It's Emma's favorite. I cannot deal. I cannot deal. Oh, that's right, dirty bastard. Yes, syringe those fucking ears. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Jesus, that's my type of shit right there. Get all that dirty fucking earwax out there, now you who are. Weird fetish.